Welcome, 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 and yes, we're back. After two months off, we are back and ready to go. And I didn't even have the run sheet right in front of me when I was about to start the show. Mike, how are you going? Good, good, good. A little rusty, probably, but pretty <laughs> good. I'm very rusty. And how about you, Sweetie? I am going spectacularly. <laughs> I can't even say the word properly. That's how spectacular I am. Awesome, awesome. And I'm in Sagat for episode 55 on this Sunday, the 10th of October, 2021. On this week's show, we'll be discussing what have we been doing in the last couple of months, the highlights from the Tokyo Game Show 2021, my impressions of the Switch OLED, and a review of Metroid Dread. And then I think some also some impressions from Mike as he's just got the game. As always, you can follow us on socials on Big Wig Pod. That's B-I-G-W-I-G-P-O-D. Mike. Mike, oh, what, what are we missing, Swinney? You, you go. No, I was just pointing out that the uh, socials at the bottom of this new amazing layout. Mm. Thank, amazing work, Mike and Intercot. Thank you so much. Well, I, uh, 99% Mike, so... Yes. No, so, it was ninety nine percent procrastination, one percent Mike. <laughs> well, that's why we were off for two months. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. <laughs> it helped to. I think it helped to get it focused on. Okay, we're taking a break. It was a bit unexpected, but here's a good chance to come back with you know the the fresh look and feel that we kind of wanted to. Yeah. Um, that we're kind of dragging along for a bit. Like the idea was when we had a one year anniversary, we we're kind of going to go there, but then just we didn't have enough in place. So we thought we need two months off to do it. Let yeah, us know, this, this by is, the way. This is version 2.0 of the show, where like we'll start to stream the actual show uh, rather than record and then post it. So a little bit more fresh, hopefully some interaction from the audience going forward, uh, new layout design on everything. So that should all be going live tonight by the time people can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's really exciting. We and For a while, there wasn't that much news. And then, you know, there was some of the like uh, smash direct so we did actually do like the reactions to that but it wasn't a huge amount of news in that interim period anyway right Swinney? yeah i mean there was some stuff like even though it started when we were still on the show everything to do with activision blizzard mm. and all the you know scandals there that's kind of really tricky stuff to cover because a lot of that information is not publicly known you don't want to make too many assumptions but also it was just a horrible story like yeah who wants to who wants to talk about that stuff, really, honestly? it's It needs to get out there, but it's difficult to chat about. But the one thing about layout I really want to point out is these things. Let's see if I can do... Yeah, can you see these? Wait, wait, there it is. <laughs> it's I'm like delayed. the opposite. I, no, I'm, I'm delayed, so it's difficult for me to like get my finger. These little icons are just amazing. So it's probably pretty obvious to tell what my one is and what Indigot's one is. Bike? Yours might require a little bit more explanation. Yeah, I love it. it's, it's a little <laughs> tiny on this one. So what is it, Mike? Yours? That, that, that's uh, Commander so, Shepard from Mass Effect. It's also an audio podcast, so we should say that we yeah, have gone with a very masculine theme. If you check out our YouTube and our... <laughs> also, check out your podcast feed. We should have a so, new icon coming up. It can actually take a fair amount of time to refresh. It can take up to a month for the what? podcast art, art to actually refresh. Wow. Uh, so check us out on bigwigpod.com and you'll see our new masculine theme. It's very, you know, bold, strong, manly mm. colours. Alpha, alpha, alpha male. We're alpha male. With Chad. Absolute alpha With males, Chad. Yeah. Lots <laughs> of camos and yeah. And um, yeah, like with just quickly on the reactions before we chat about like what uh, had actually happened. So you can check out our reactions on our YouTube channel 
uh, I think it's what is it? YouTube.com forward slash bigwig pod or something like that or channel forward slash bigwig slash pod. Slash C, I think. Slash yeah, that's it. Pod. Slash C slash bigwig pod. Um, there was two funny things in my opinion. Like I've actually watched it myself. It was um, the Mario movie cast. That was quite hilarious to me. We're just losing our yeah. shit. I think people don't understand as well. We like Swinney and I have been recording for a while. We're like tired. So I think I was the, a bit delirious, at least my... I think you're a bit delirious as well, Swinney. Yeah, I think... But everyone else on the internet pretty much had the same reaction to us. It's like That's true. absurdity, That's true. especially of being like... The thing is like um, Chris Pratt, right? That picture they used of him was like the most unsuitable <laughs> picture. It's <laughs> like Mario. there was no joy in his face. Like yeah. Chris Pratt's a really funny guy. Mm. And they could have used one of him smiling and he's just like there, black and white. And it's That's like, true. What? That's true. So check that video out. It's our most popular clip now. Um, and the one that just went up uh, this week as well. Yeah, so we're reacting to actually. Sora getting into Smash. We're not going to cover it on this show, but when Sora does land um, in Smash, we'll, we'll cover the character there. I have decided on a new main, Swinney. It would be Doom Guy, as I'll be calling Doom him. Guy. Well, I'm not too uh, bad with me, Gunner. So I thought I'll just like main Doom Guy for a while yeah. and see how I go. Um, but that that was funny, that reaction, because I genuinely thought they were adding some character from within the Dark Souls franchise. Now, I'll defend myself. You kind of were believing it for a minute. Oh, no. The thing is, right, I 100% don't... I completely see where you're coming from. I mm. completely see where everyone was coming from. It was like... It was very much... It felt like almost a troll. But the part of me was like... Some of it, something just didn't feel right. So I wasn't letting myself believe it was actually that yeah, until yeah. I actually got something more. But the pose was the thing that got me the most right at the end when he like hovered his hand over the <laughs> fire, like the Dark Souls pose. Yeah. That's the part where I'm like, oh, he's doing the pose. And it was just nothing. It was had nothing to do with it. I was glad to see after the fact that a lot of people were like, oh, like it's Dark Souls, Dark Souls. Like I was watching yeah. Max Mofo. Which is probably a more hardcore audience, probably, than the general audience out there. So the whole chat was going crazy, just saying Dark Souls, Dark Souls, Dark Souls. So I was kind of thinking, okay, I'm vindicated to some degree. And now, with the next Smash, which will be on the next console for Switch, or for Nintendo, I actually hope they have a Dark, Dark Souls character, because I, I couldn't believe how hyped I got for that. So no, that, so was, that would really be awesome. really cool, I reckon. I'd, well, I think I'd, that's I'd what we were him. thinking it would be. Yeah. If, I was hoping that the yeah, pose... Uh, what is it? Uh, Praise the sun. Mario was going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> that would have been freaking awesome. But yeah, but like Sora is still cool. It's a cool edition. I'm looking forward yeah. to I think it's the 18th of October it comes out. So it'll be yeah. not the next show the week after that we actually talk about. Well, they actually um, said the day and we missed it. They said it in the when they were giving the updates about the, the me costumes. So we were just like so hyped, I think, for the Doom guy thing that, you know, I'm, I'm really happy for people for getting Sora because I know that people were super passionate. It was the number one most requested character to get in the game. So it's awesome that they could cap the game off like that. But let's jump in to our We're Back segment. So, yeah, we, we thought we'd do a quick rundown for like some of the games that we've been playing, some of the things we've been doing in that period of time. Uh I think like I was chatting to you guys like about my first impressions of um, of Skyward Sword and yeah like I love this game so like I obviously won't do a review or anything like that I plan to do a review but um, it, like I, I I played a lot of 
Twilight Princess. I would rank Skyward Sword, and it has to be like this version of Skyward Sword above Twilight Princess for me. Um, I think this game would have been insanely frustrating to play on the Wii. Like, I pretty much played in button mode for the most part of it. I was doing, you know, the Joy-Con version for a while, but I sort of just capped out at that in the end, so it was sort of annoying me. Um, But yeah, no, no, really good game. Huge quality of life improvements. Did you go back to it, Swinny? I know you were playing it a little bit. Uh, I haven't gone back to it yet, no, unfortunately. Um, But I beaten the originals so i didn't feel as much of not a rush but i didn't feel less mm. compelled to play through it straight away um i think unlike you where it was a, lot, a brand new experience for you pretty much you know yeah yeah and it was awesome and it's like it was perfect timing you know between the big zelda games totally made sense why they did it you know and like i said i really loved it got through finished everything in the game collected everything you know maxed hearts all that wow. stuff i think like every zelda game that i've played for a legitimate amount of time, I've done that. It feels like you have to do that. Same as Metroid that I'll sort of get to next. Um, but the other game that I'm like getting into, part of the Dirty Dozen is Final Fantasy VII, the original, or awesome. like, you know, on the Switch. It hasn't gripped me as much as I thought it would, to be honest. And like, I'm actually playing it like 3x times battle speed and everything like that. I don't know. I don't know if it's like just showing its age or I haven't gotten far enough into the game. I'm probably well, like ask, eight or nine hours in. Can I ask roughly, let, like, you could say location without spoiling, like what kind of area are you at at the moment? Just like I can't even remember. I'm like out of Midgar, I'm like going around the map. Okay. I've gone to like multiple, like crossed the seas multiple times, if that makes any okay. sense. I think yeah. I've got a buggy now. So okay. I'm like going yeah. around on a buggy. I don't yeah. know, what, probably about a quarter of the way through the game, maybe a fifth? To, yeah, to be honest, I don't think you're probably going to see a massive change in your impressions of the game if you're probably not feeling it now. Um, for, for me, I think the your enjoyment of... Someone's enjoyment of this game really stems from how much do you love the character in the world and do you love the battle system? If neither mm. of those super grip you, the game, to me, doesn't have that much else to offer. And I do love Final Fantasy VII, but... Subsequent playthroughs over the years has lessened my t- take on that. Um, so yeah. I still know, enjoy it. I played it. Sorry, go on into that. No, I was just going to say quickly. I'll throw it back to you. Like kind of on your point, though, Swinny, it feels a bit of a. It just doesn't feel very cohesive as a game. It feels like so many different styles and just like I. Because honestly, apart from you spoiling you know, the biggest you know spoiler in the game, <laughs> I didn't know anything about the game. I thought it was like sci-fi all the way through. Like I didn't actually understand it got into like the fantasy classical Final Fantasy sort of settings and stuff, which makes sense when I think about it because of the chocobos and stuff. I'm like, how would have that worked, you know, in my mind? But yeah, it really has just been like the tone, like is really weird and changes and the setting. And I don't know, like, and having said all of that, it's still very solid. Like it's still like a seven or eight out of 10 for me. As for what I've played so far, it's just not, it's nowhere close to Final Fantasy VI and knocking that off. That is just so cohesive. And it's probably an unfair comparison because that was the last of the 2D big ones. You know, they'd refined everything They were on, you know, song, and then they've gone to a brand new thing. And you can kind of see how, you know, I, I look at it and think maybe Final Fantasy IX, I could really love that because that's way more cohesive. And I know that's one of your favorites, Winnie. But Mike, what were you about to say? Ah, uh, I- to, to me, it's still one of my most beloved games. I think I've played it on ooh, maybe 
four or five different platforms now, but it's nothing compares to the original experience playing it on my 34 mm. centimeter TV when I was a kid. And 34 centimeters is what 17 inches. I, I don't, I don't, I don't bigger know than Swinney's TV, wasn't it? It, it, no. This was on my really, really tiny one. I'm talking about the tiniest TV I think you can actually buy, uh, which was the 34 centimeter one, and. It didn't matter because back then I'd just be sitting right in front of it and it was an amazing experience. Um, what One of the most memorable experiences I've ever had. And playing it more recently on stuff like the PSP, um, obviously on the Switch now, on PC, I've, I've tried all the different platforms, didn't get as far as I did you know, initially when I finished the game. It, it didn't have the same feel. And I don't mm. know if that's because... Well, obviously there's there's the you play it at a certain time and you're a kid and it's a completely different world and a completely different life that you're leading then. And what you absorb and what, what you like and associate is completely different. And as an adult, it just doesn't have the same meaning to you. Um, mm. And it also it doesn't really stand the test of time as much as something like Metroid or any of the, the SNES sort of era games where the pixel art is just timeless. I think yeah. with stuff like this, it's starting to age a little bit. Um, but I still you know thoroughly enjoy it uh, personally it's my favorite final fantasy game that i've ever played hmm. but, but you haven't played final fantasy 6 right no that's the thing i haven't but again i, I suspect it's probably going to be the same sort of thing where i didn't play it at the right time that playing it now just won't have the same impact because there's so many other games i've played since that it, it won't it won't be the same as if you had played it back in the day unfortunately mm, no it'd be really that's interesting if we ever cover it on a uh, game of some other year yeah it'd be cool. um, i'd definitely give it a go just cranking out the rest of the ones for me, uh, Battlefield 2042, I just played the open beta. So I'd actually pre-ordered <laughs> it because they had a really good deal on Amazon and I wanted to play it on PC. Man, I felt the game was really like sluggish. So just, you know, with my monitors, I've got gaming monitors. So they actually show me what the monitors rendering the frames as. Like, so it's definitely, you know, you know exactly what it is. And it was hovering at like... 60 to 70 frames per second. I've got G-Sync, so it shouldn't, you know, no frame tearing or anything like that. Some dips to like 40s and 50s every now and then. But it just felt like, I don't know, I was like sludging through stuff. Like it just didn't feel snappy or nice. Like, but having said that, I think I just much prefer, you know, snappier Quake, Unreal Tournament, Halo style first person shooters and, you know, multiplayer shooters. So actually was able to cancel my pre-order so oh. plus i didn't feel like you guys were that hyped about playing it i don't know so i was a bit gun shy because i'm thinking i'm not gonna play this if no one else is playing it so <laughs> it would have been peer pressure for me honestly if you guys were playing it i would have bought it i'm looking Sorry. forward to playing it. i just don't want to play a game until it's released i yeah. don't i the idea of betas and alphas and all that like it just doesn't interest me unless for some reason it's like a game that I'm like, I really need to try this right now. Like I can wait for Battlefield, you know? So yeah. it's only going to get better and also it's only going to get better post-release. So mm. it's like, yeah. But 100%, like the, 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 it hasn't been well-received beta, you know? It's like, oh, really? there's it lots hasn't. of issues. Yeah, no, there's yeah. a lot of issues with it at the moment. Um, and a lot of the stuff is stuff that is just not in there because it's not there yet, you know? So, okay. but 100%, like if you're not feeling it, um, cancel pre-order and if you know you can always try it again in the future you know and just yeah. trial it or whatever you know so well i think because we're all got game pass ultimate i think mm-hmm. it's probably going to be on there for like 10 hours you know the how they yeah. do the el trial so i'll do that you know you'd be interested in this mike yeah i've got a uh, rtx card not a mm-hmm. strong one at all but 
uh, you know, Battlefield Five had DLSS. This one, oh. they say it's got DLSS, but I couldn't enable it. So I was probably losing like 20 frames just there as well. Um, and then I've read online, people say it does work for them. And then other people like, it doesn't. Like Battlefield 5 does, but this game doesn't. So yeah, there seems okay. to be a hell of a lot of issues with the game, unfortunately. Um, but like having said all of this, the concept, and I was playing literally like 128 player maps and stuff. It was insane. It was really wow, fun. Cool. And like the environmental effects were like insane. And I've never really played Battlefield, so I could see the fun in it. And last one for me quickly is um, just around uh, Rocket League. So I got back into Rocket League in a really big way. I'm like right at the cusp of getting to champ. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But I actually deleted it. (laughs) 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 One more match. She's like, no. No, because what what I found was that I just got so consumed with it. I wasn't like Mm. stupid. I wasn't playing it for like hours and hours and hours every day. But it would be like, oh, I've got a break at work. I'll fit in a match, you know, before my next meeting just to refresh and get out of work mode. Um, but I, then I wasn't playing Final Fantasy VII. I've got all these other games I want to play. And like, you know, having gotten through a few games, it's like very satisfying. It just felt like I was bloody playing the same game over and over and over and over again. I think I'm up to, I told you, Mike, I can't remember what the number was. Like, oh, yeah, it was easy to remember. It was uh, 6,900. Uh, no, so 600, 690 hours 690 is what hours, I've put yeah. into Rocket League so far. So I thought, well, that's a good place to stop. <laughs> like 690, done. <laughs> like maybe I won't play it for a while. Nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's a freaking good game. Like I, I'd, it's probably a top three game for me, Rocket League of all time. Still hasn't beaten Super Metroid. That's still my number one. Mike, uh, over to you. What have you been up to in the last couple of months that we've been off? Oh boy, lots of different ones. So the first one is uh, Death's Gambit. Uh, that was that was a more recent one because it just recently got released on on Switch with the Afterlife expansion. So if you have the the game um, on another platform, I believe that the Afterlife expansion comes for free. So they introduced a whole bunch of new areas. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Death's Gambit, it's a Metroidvania style kind of game. Really cool mechanics. Um, awesome, different. Have you have you seen this one, Sony? Have you actually played it? I've known about Death Gambit for a long oh, time. I'm playing. Of course, it, you though. would have. It's fantastic. the The Switch Switch version was on special um, pre release special, which was really good. I think it was ten percent off. And they've. I've never. I played the original ages and ages ago when it when it was out on Game Pass because I think when it originally came out, it was available on Game Pass. So I played it a little bit then, but not enough to really get far. But from what I've heard, the the improvements they've made are, are really good. Um, highly recommend it to both of you guys. I think it's it's right up your alley. It's it's pure. Sorry, that can, is the most Dark Souls stat screen on the absolutely <laughs> it's Dark Soulsy. It absolutely is. It it's it takes so much inspiration from Dark Souls, and I think unashamedly so. Um, it it also has quite a few little quirky pieces of dialogue that also reference it but in a very joking kind of way so really cool game highly recommend it on any platform i happen to play it on the switch which i think is a really good one to play it on how, how does it compare to ender lilies because that's another metroidvania that's got some dark souls inspiration yeah. so it's not um it's it's weird in in a way ender lilies i feel was a more polished experience but in terms of my enjoyment of the game and the ability to experiment, I prefer this one. So I went down, for example, down the magic path, but mm. I feel like going as a melee build would be significantly different in terms of the gameplay. Okay. So 
really, really fun. It, it, it reminds me a little bit of Salt and Sanctuary in some ways. Um, it, it's, it's a different sort of combat, the way it plays. Um, again, heavily inspired by Dark Souls, which is, is an awesome thing. It's not a bad thing at all. Mm. So highly recommend it. Love the game. What else? I um, sorry, just wanted yeah? to correct. Um, Death Game is not on Xbox. So. It's not on it Xbox. Sorry, no. So it wouldn't have been it's... on Game Pass. So. Uh, I think it was on Game Pass on PC. That's really? where I originally played it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ooh, okay. Swinney can can confirm. I'll, that, I'll check it. I'll check it. Pretty out. sure it was on that. Swinney oh my gosh, the... the 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 boss that's showing on the screen okay. right now is the one You're... I'm stuck at. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's correct. It was really okay, so. Yeah, it's only PC. Yeah, well, only so PC strange. was weird. Yeah. And it wasn't, there weren't achievements enabled. That's why it didn't show up in my list. Ah, maybe that's why. <laughs> that's awesome. No, because I'm searching on achievement sites. So. No, 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 I get you, I get you, I get you. Yeah. But yeah, highly recommend it. Uh, it's a shame that it's not available on Game Pass um, and it's not available on Xbox at all, is it now? Is it actually out on Xbox? I know it's on no. PlayStation and Switch. No. That's mm. a real shame. Also extremely weird that it would be on Game Pass, but then not available at all on Xbox, but all the other platforms. In any case... Um, Great game. So, what else? The, the next thing that I've been doing is uh, dabbling a little bit into, into racing games. So, I finally set up my, my wheels. Mm. Now, I say wheels because I'm an idiot that unfortunately had to purchase both of the Logitech wheels, the G29 and G920, I think it is. Why? Bec- well, because one's for the Xbox, one's for the PlayStation, and they're not intercompatible. I know. It's I know really that they're annoying. not. Inc- I know that they both work on PC, but don't. They work both on work each on other. PC, yeah, but they don't work on each other, which but you is got really both. annoying. Just so you could play like what Forza and also like a so, Gran Turismo. Well, I had different different racing games. So uh, one one thing that I may have mentioned in the past is I obviously play a lot of different kinds of games, but one of the things that I quite enjoy are racing games of all sorts, both rally, proper racing games, Sims, arcade racing, whatever, and. They happened to have the wheels on special uh, for, it's like two, three years ago or something. I don't remember when. So I basically managed to get both of them for the price of just one. So, of course, <laughs> so I ended up getting both to be able to play both. So that's wow, not the point. two for the price of one's insane. Well, it, actually, it was actually really good because they were retailing for, I think, 450 or mm. 500 bucks or something. And I got them for about 250 each, which was worth it. And um, also got the the so I drive stick shift or manual for those in in Australia, and I also you can get the Logitech stick shifter as a separate attachment, so you can do the proper manual shifting with a clutch and everything. Um, and then I just threw every game over the course of about three weeks at this thing, but on PC, on Xbox, on PlayStation. So Gran Turismo Sport, which I think is what's showing now in the B roll. Um, obviously Forza, uh, Assetto Corsa, pretty much anything that I had access to that either I already had or was available cheaply to purchase, I played it. Um, and awesome experiences. Interestingly enough, though, and I don't know if that's that's the thing that, that says something about my, my personal character, probably the most fun I had was in Forza Horizon 4, and that is turning off the HUD, and having absolutely nothing, no minimap, nothing, and just driving around, pretty doing literally nothing, like just spending a few hours at a time, maybe just driving the streets, like I'm in, I'm in the real world or something, just playing around with the stick shifter, which was really fun. I, I don't know much about Forza. Like the only Forza game I'd ever played was the one on 360 with you, mm-hmm. um, but Forza Two wasn't it? I think it was Two, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, but my impression from 
just the random general gaming community. It feels almost like Forza Horizon is now the premier brand for Forza. It, it probably is, yeah, but it's a totally different kind of game. I know, um, I know it's totally different, like yeah. open world it, and all that stuff. Be, but yeah. yeah, it just feels like that the vibe of it. And now it's kind of surprising that Forza Horizon 5, right, is coming out, um, the one based in Mexico, before the next Forza yeah, game, yeah. which is strange. It's also, by the way, quite ironic that it's it's the game that is least suitable for a wheel. You could I couldn't play the actual races mm, with a wheel. That's what, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, hey, it was if, the if most ever, fun. If you ever want to sell the PlayStation wheel, let me know before you sell mm. it. The PlayStation's actually the one I want to keep because oh, okay. of the Gran Turismo <laughs> that's coming out. And also, that's interestingly <laughs> enough, even though they're priced the same, the PlayStation one has more features on it. It's, it's got, got extra an extra buttons, dial. It? It's got yeah. extra buttons. It even has the actual rev... Uh, rev counter, so you know when to when to shift. As mm. actual LEDs on on the wheel, <laughs> which is really cool. And the Xbox One doesn't, so I think it's worse value. In we we case, haven't logic- spoken about this, Winnie. Sorry, Mike. Um, mm. But I I did reach out to uh, Mike because I've been watching heaps of F one, and I'm like, oh yeah, maybe I'll like get a wheel, and then I'm like, I've got to back out of this insanity. It's look. I, I don't want to. I don't want to push you towards it. It's freaking awesome. Is all I can look, say. I'm- I it's... cannot judge any video game purchases ever because stupid <laughs> like, things for stupid well, reasons. It's not about judging. I just don't want. I don't want him to to make a purchase that he may not enjoy. I personally love it. It's by far my favorite way of playing those games now. However, and I, I will put a little asterisk next to that. A f- another friend was asking me the same thing. He's like, "Oh, I want to get this wheel, blah blah blah." So eventually, he ended up settling. He plays GT Sport a lot, and I mean a lot. It's probably his most played favorite game um and he ended up getting it and he did not enjoy it he was slower than mm. using a controller and i said give it time because he he spent probably thousands of hours playing that game with a controller so mm. his brain would just be switched into that uh whereas he just didn't enjoy it with the wheel and he didn't enjoy it mostly i think because he wasn't getting good lap times and he's very competitive and he plays online quite a lot so if you do it just for the enjoyment and the fact that it feels so much better, it's amazing. It's one of the coolest experiences I've had. And put VR on top of that, if you plug it into your PC, no. it's it's amazing. It's so cool. I don't want to get stuck in there when uh, Facebook goes down. So. <laughs> so cool. So the last one, because I think we talked enough about racing games, is the one that, that comes to mind. It's actually a whole bunch of different titles, but Windbound is the one that I, I booted up more recently. So... I I haven't really gotten extremely far into it uh, just yet, but I'm really enjoying the experience so far. It's it's made by an, an Australian team, which mm. is why I actually honestly got it, just because I really wanted to support Australian development. It looks a little bit like like Zelda, uh, and I feel like it it had some inspiration from that game um, in in some good ways. So so far, it, it's just a really cool chill game that that you need to craft different resources um, in order to sail to a bunch of different islands in order to unlock uh, the statues that are actually showing right now on the screen um, which then progresses to the to the next section it's procedurally generated but so far the environments have actually been pretty good and it's just a really cool chill game um, the difficulty it's wind, is it's got wind waker vibes in the the clip yeah, yeah. mixed cool. with yeah, massively. mixed with a little bit of uh, a little bit of Breath of the Wild. It really does feel like it. Even the music, the music feels so inspired by Breath of the Wild. 
Um, in any case, Australian developer, I think it's currently on special on Switch again, so I recommend it. Um, and I have been playing a bunch of other titles. Oh gosh, so sorry, golf... one question. Yep. Sorry, one oh, question. Bad. You said that Switch. How does that run on the Switch? Because that mm, game, that game looked pretty good. I'm thinking, how does the Switch running? It game? feels like generally thirty. Sometimes it does dip a little bit, um, but from what I've seen from reviews and stuff as well, before I purchased it, people were saying it runs fine. It's okay. it's a relatively solid thirty so far. It's certainly not jarring um in, in terms of cool. the experience so yeah it's pretty good it looks uh very ambitious for mm. a small developer like even if it's a not a total indie of a couple of people i don't know what the dev team's like but no australian studio is that big so mm. yeah that's pretty impressive it's been riches really cool and just really quickly uh golf club wasteland was really cool another sort of small scale uh, uh developer uh, Beautiful Desolation, I quite enjoyed. Uh, not super far into it. It's a uh, isometric adventure game. So it looks like an isometric sort of RPG, but it's more of an adventure game. Um, Deviled a little bit again in No Man's Sky, sort of just checking out the latest expansion. Um, although I spent most of the time trying to get my head around what the hell am I doing again. And also played The Ascent with, shout out to Joe Jives a little bit. So we haven't quite finished it, but eventually I think we will. And I got to apologize for being a very negative Nancy when I tried to play that game with you guys. Yeah, I, you were I wasn't in the mood to. Pl- I was not in the mood to play that that style of game, especially co-op at the time. And mm. I was, I think I made it very clear, so and I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have been so negative. So it's a seemed like a good game. Yeah, it's fun. It's a bit of a, it's, it's a bit a bit of a fun downer. That's all right. We forgive you. So what about you? Since uh, what have you been playing? Uh, well, first thing I just got to do one quick thing. Oh, oh, here we go. Oh, what's going on? He's just, uh, just for the audio listeners, he's got off his chair. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, All right, so, uh, here we go. You have to describe it for the yeah. audio listeners. So, uh, I have, I have my most re- recent purchase wearing on top of my head, which is an official, very well made Assassin's Creed Odyssey baseball cap can, can i just Best say sweetie, i i have saved this story until this moment right i was driving in the car and i was kind of pulling up to a light and then this kid had an assassin's creed odyssey t-shirt and i almost crashed oh, the car trying to grab my phone to take a photo <laughs> not that i ever would do that there's no, dozens police. of us i was like oh my god yeah that that's exactly the line when i was if i could take a photo i was gonna write dozens of us <laughs> this legitimately this legitimately got shipped out from the uk oh my god <laughs> it's like actually it. i'm shocked by how well made it is it's actually a good cap well, i was like just you, buying when, it for a joke but i'm like you, it's actually a good hat when you're making three of them you can do it handmade obviously it, it also doesn't it yeah. It also doesn't look like super obviously like a video game thing. That's so true. Like, okay. Yeah, Does it have anything right. on the back? That's right. Does it have anything on the nah. back? Oh, nah. yeah. You wouldn't even know. You wouldn't even know. Yeah. I could nah. even wear that where I work, where you can't even say that you're a gamer. You have to be a closeted <laughs> gamer. Okay. All right. So what have I been up to? Look, there's a few. Honestly, I've played a lot of games and I've completed a lot of games. Mm. Um, it's you've got a lot of more free time when you're not doing the show, so we should break more often. Um, so I <laughs> played through a really, really cool little mech RPG called Armed Emet, which is developed by Hit Point, published by Chemco. Um, came out at the start of August. Um, starts off very lighthearted. Shit gets serious. It's actually a really, really cool RPG. Probably one of the best games I've played this year, actually. Mm. Um and it would be a really fun, like, 20-hour RPG for the Switch. So, really cool armed emeth. 
Um, I played through Dodgeball Academia. Uh, so they actually Ooh. came out the same day as Armed Meth on 5th of August and went straight into the Game Pass. That's why there's a lot, there's quite a bit of like a mini bubble of hype when that game came out because it was in Game Pass. A really fun game, pretty short, so it's a nice like short experience. It's like an it's like a cross between like Paper Mario, South Park Stick of Truth, but then some elements of Pokemon. But then you get into the battles, and they're like action dodgeball battles, but with stats and gear and stuff. Uh, so really fun. It, uh, I believe it's still on Game Pass, so it's worth uh, worth trying out. Uh, Orange Blood is which is the most recent game I've played through. Oh my god, this game very strange, really unique hip hop JRPG centered around gang warfare, Japanese girls, and the governmental conspiracies. It's the most bizarre <laughs> game I've ever played. Those what screenshots are awesome. <laughs> it gave me some of the most what the fuck things ever. Like the dialogue is absolutely atrocious. Like every second word is like motherfucker and all this oh, stuff. Like it's damn. so bad. It was made by like one dude um, in RPG Maker. And it's like, but they did a lot of extra work to it. So unless you know, it's not super obvious. Um, mm. But yeah, honestly, it's an interesting curiosity. If it's a few bucks, Orange Blood is worth trying if you like JRPGs. But otherwise, I'd give it a miss. Um, Evo Land. So Evo Land, I did mention to you guys a little while back. So Evo Land Legendary Edition is a collection of Evo Land One and Two. These games are absolutely fantastic. Like I was shocked how much I love these. These are basically games that are built around the idea of other games. So they're their own like campaigns and stories, but especially number two. Number two is a fully fledged game. The first one is quite, almost feels like a prototype. It's the second one, but basically they blend all different types of gameplay. So one minute it's like a Zelda style action RPG. Another it's a turn based JRPG. Then you go into a dungeon. It's like Diablo. Then mm. it's a Fire Emblem game. And the next level or next map that you go into. But they work it all in in a really cool way, I think. Um, it's always on special. So Evo Land, it's on Switch. It's always on special. You guys should both try mm-hmm. it, especially when it's like three bucks sometimes. Um, and the second game's actually got a lot of meat to it, so really cool. Um, Final Fantasy Two. So as part of my gaming resolutions, I've been playing through any of the mainline single-player RPG uh, Final Fantasy games that I haven't played before or completed. And this was my first ever playthrough of Final Fantasy 2, and it'll probably be my only ever playthrough of Final Fantasy 2. <laughs> Can I clarify being the nerd? And, you know, I know people would ask, Final Fantasy 2 US or Final <laughs> Fantasy 4, or is this Final Fantasy 2 NES? Final Fantasy 2 uh, NES. So it is, it is, and I'm playing the Dawn of Souls version, which combined on Game Boy Advance. Yeah. Cool. So there's p- done tons of different versions. Uh, but basically... Yeah, this game, very innovative for its time. System's really tough to deal with. I actually, I have a lot more I want to say about this game, but I'll leave it for when we hopefully eventually do a tier list of Final Fantasy games. You can't move on from it. Sorry, sweetie. You can't just move on when one of our most controversial videos is the Assassin's Creed tier oh, list. Oh, people are going to hate He's going to double Final down. Fantasy. But Final Fantasy <laughs> is Fuck, way more awesome. like... There's way more divi- the different opinions on Final Fantasy games than there are for something like Assassin's Creed. Like, th- there's people... Li- like, Anyway, we'll get to it when we get to it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um, but the games I kind of want to just give a little bit more of a shout-out to. So the first one is Arafel. So hopefully you've got it up. So this game came out March last year. It's a game I 
had in my backlog for a while. It's from Stego Soft Games, and to me, this is a really special game. It's Legacy is actually really cool. So this actually began as an RPG Maker 2003 game that came out in 2007. Then later on, they ported it. Uh, they say they rebuilt it using Unity, and then that was what uh, Arafel Enhanced oh, Edition is. Interesting. And I love this game so much. This it's like anyone that loves like JRPGs, especially classic SNES JRPGs. Um, please buy this game. Like it deserves so much more attention. Mm. It's really good. The battle system is absolutely wonderful. It's really challenging at times. It feels fair. It looks great. You know, it's just overall fantastic game. It's not super long, um, but Arafel, it's always on special as well. Um, really, really great. Uh, the next can, game... Can, sorry, my... before you move on, how, how long is the yep. game, roughly? I don't know, probably 20 to 30, which oh, is good. probably like... When we're talking JRPGs, like that's kind of, like I think, a good length, mm-hmm. um, especially for these kind of ones. Um, but it's not... It's, it's a game that doesn't feel too big. You know, some yep. games you like overwhelmed this game is just nice and succinct but the game which unfortunately we couldn't get the b-roll for it the game i really wanted to point out for you guys is oh boy mike especially this game hellpoint so i know you know about this game mike because i think you've mentioned buying it before but i don't believe you played through it this was my biggest this was my biggest surprise of the year i had heard this game had a little bit of a buzz but i love this game so much but it's also one of the buggiest, jankiest games I've played in a long time. And it's kind of, if I can explain it this way, if you love Dark Souls, you'll probably really like this game. But if you only like, yeah, Dark Souls okay, you probably won't like this game. It's like, I think you have to have a love for that style of game for this to click with you. Um, but basically, it's like Dark Souls meets Event Horizon. Like crazy space sci-fi mixed with hell stuff. But, like, not, it feels a bit different than, like, your Doom or something. It feels more like Event Horizon where it's, like, satanic, kind of like, but, like, Doom's very tongue-in-cheek. This is serious, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, But, yeah, it takes obscure systems of Dark Souls and just, like, amplifies it. It's like they basically said, we want to, everything we love about Dark Souls, we want to turn up to 11. Um, It is, as I said, it's buggy, so it's like even the last boss doesn't work properly and stuff like that, so it's, like you got to put up with that jank, but I really recommend Hellpoint to anyone that absolutely loves Dark Souls. So, Got to get the into last, it. Yeah, the last game, I'm actually not going to spend too long on this because I could talk for a long time about <laughs> this game. I, pro- I might do a belated review, I don't know yet. Um, Tales of Arise. So we all know in past episodes that I've been super looking forward to this game. I'm a massive fan of the Tales series, the ones that I've played. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an awesome game. But it's also very flawed as well. So I've beaten this twice. So I've kind of really the the good parts and the bad parts really stick out to me now. Um, it's absolutely beautiful. The battle system is amazing. It just feels so smooth. It's you feel like a badass in this game. Um, but I'd say it gives a great first impression for the and for the first like let's say thirty hours because it's a long game. Thirty hours is like oh, this is awesome. But then like the last quarter of the game a lot of that stuff seems to fall apart or it just feels like it's rushed at the end. So I'd say if you love the Tales games, this is a no-brainer. Everyone else, there's a demo. Give that a shot. If you like the feel of it, then you'll probably like the game. Because how long did it take you to beat it the first time? Because I think I gave you a week to review it <laughs> in the original schedule. It's, 
It's funny. I actually beat it in just over a week. <laughs> there you go. Or, you or a week. You probably could have done but a in, review. No, yeah, like your <laughs> you were actually you were actually your estimates were strangely on the money. <laughs> the reason why I laughed at your estimates is because I was expecting this game to be a, based on Ves, Tales of Vesperia mm. to be a really hard achievement completion. It was actually really easy. Like I've done it twice already. So. Is it a one it run was, or a two run to achieve everything? One run, like there's and the game should be like that. There's mirrors, zero missable. Like it's the complete opposite of Tales of Vesperia when it comes mm. to what you got to do to get all the achievements. So, but it's like just as a game, it's yeah. I, I give give the demo a shot if you like it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of anime. If you don't like anime, then you're not going to like this. So, look, look, this looks really cool. I Tales of Rise is great. It is great. I didn't get Tales of Vesperia thanks to you. Yes, that game is way better so in much. my opinion, but oh, that's just my okay, opinion. Okay, cool. But the, forward to it on the, Switch. the average opinion would be like Arise is the one to get now, yeah? It, this game is much more, I think, accessible. I think the, the casual... It's like people that aren't super hardcore into that style of game. It, it's got a much broader appeal, so that's why I think it's okay. so successful at the moment. Hmm. Okay. And for our first bit of news... We're back. When we don't have that much news, we're being a bit brutal, more brutal on the news, uh, is the Tokyo Game Show. So, Swinny, do you want to go through the major highlights from the Tokyo Game Show? Yeah, let me just swap my position in this week. Thing. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, that's all good. yeah, so we've got one news story this week to correct you. The change of logos from There's... Bandai Namco to Bandai Namco. <laughs> Wait, so but just, Tokyo... just before you move on, sorry, Swinny. Um, like in our first show, I think we had like twenty or thirty topics, <laughs> and now you know, bigwig version two point we have literally one story, and we're not covering Twitch because we're just not super in- interested in it. So I, it was it, it was for, I think a good week to come back because yeah. we wanted to catch up. Um, yeah, true. So, but the game Tokyo Game Show did happen. So obviously, it happened online. Uh, it wrapped up this week. There's a bunch of small announcements coming out of overall i think the feeling is there's just not much happened uh there's no huge headlines that are making waves or anything uh a lot of the stuff is very niche as well this this year but one thing that did happen is what you can see on the screen for people looking the the video podcast was bandai namco kind of coming out the gate and saying hey we're refreshing for next year and part of that is this logo change. So going from their like bubble, almost a Katamari style Bandai Namco logo of the orange and everything to this very different looking speech bubble kind of um, pink logo. So I just wanted to get your guys' opinion on on the change here. Maybe you, Mike. Well, as someone who doesn't really dabble with graphic design, uh, I, outs- <laughs> I outsourced everything you see here on Fiverr, so... Can't say much about it. Look, uh, all jokes aside, I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't stand out. I think the original. You just say you don't like it. That's what no. It's not that I don't like it. It's not that I don't like it. I don't. I don't have any strong feelings about it. If that makes sense, I don't think it's great for starters. It doesn't mean anything to me. I don't think it's necessarily super bad, but I think it's a step backwards. Integral. Do you like the logo? Do you not? Don't like logo. I was also just letting uh, Mike ramble because my baby's crying in the background. I think he might oh, going to grab him. Um, so, look, I, I think there's a big trend 
in all logos of just becoming very bland, very non-controversial, uh, no like real clear defining things about it, very weak silhouettes, all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, you know, like, it's quite funny that we're covering the, the only story we're covering. Um, and this is not the only component of it, but is around a logo change. Because we have changed our logo and we've changed all our branding. But I mm. think it is reflective of what our philosophy is on logos and trying to make things distinct and colourful and interesting and dynamic. And, you know, we've got a new mascot, Potty, uh, to represent the show as well. Whereas this is just, it's just boring, I guess. You Blame, know, it's yeah. very corporate. It's very corporate, very like, what I don't like is you could just put any name of a company in there and it still works because it doesn't really work. It's just boring. I was going to say, yeah, it works because it doesn't work at all. It's just so plain. It's a new, it's it's this whole new movement around minimalism, I think, which I know I've ranted on before, but when it comes to logo design, I think in many ways it's a step backwards. It just, you can't distinguish them anymore. It's just blah. It's boring and plain. So I just, the reason I wanted to bring that was just because I think, I feel that Ben and Amco are on the precipice of blowing up and being a lot more of a name in the industry. Like we've got Scarlet Nexus has kind of, I think, really landed well for them. Tales of Arise has just gone gangbusters for them. Um, obviously, they've always got their anime titles that they put out, you know, their licensed titles. But I think, and obviously, you know, stuff like mm. Dark Souls and stuff like that. But it's like, I just feel that their position... So I understand their approach for wanting a new... Like, it's not just changing logo, they're saying they're changing their whole business strategy or approach and stuff. But that's like every whatever who meant who cares about that stuff for us. But Ooh, it I is, yeah, look, it. well, no, but as a gamer, like, we don't, we care about the end product of this stuff, you know. Um, but I just wanted the reason I want to call it is I think they needed a change, but I 100% agree. I think they've gone from something that is like a really f- fun and engaging to something that's just like, yeah, what does this mean? Like, and I've said, oh, it's a speech bubble manga culture, but it's like, yeah. And, but anyway. and I know this is also like, this is something that happened at BHP, which is a very famous Australian company. They merged with the South African mining company, Billiton, to become BHP Billiton. And now they've just gone, stuff it, we'll call ourselves BHP. And I kind of <laughs> just wish they just called themselves Namco. Because like, maybe that's my bias, that I just feel like Namco to me is like such a like strong brand in my mind. Yeah, um, but you know, yeah, anyway, if they were going to do something, I think that would have been really cool if they'd done that. Hmm. So just, let's just move on to Capcom now. Um, so Capcom kind of, they had a little bit, it was all focused around Monster Hunter Rise, as you'd expect. That's kind of their, their money machine at the moment. So they, they had some collaboration, they, collaborations they announced for, um, Ghouls and Ghosts, which I think is really cool what they've done there. Mm. They always do neat collaborations, but just, I think seeing Arthur in like, battling monster hunter monsters and stuff <laughs> it's just really really cool it'll come up soon in the b-roll for video watches but also sonic the hedgehog collaboration coming next month by the way the ghosts and goblins is coming i think on the 29th of october so pretty soon but uh sonic the hedgehog that's just i don't know what that's gonna be but that's just strange to me but anyway the way the they big... do these things it's so incredible so they'll take like a certain you know class that you have and They'll, it's not just like a really simple skin or anything like that. Like they'll modify the projectiles and everything mm. to fit it in. It's, That's it's awesome. really, really cool. Like, and it, uh, you go to our Smash reaction. We talk about it a little bit. I just wish Nintendo did more of this with Smash. It feels like free money. They could charge for it. Take like certain characters and just give them new looks and feels of what they do. But mm. 
don't change any of the underlying mechanics. Like Capcom's proven that you can do it. They're doing these things for free and just releasing it. I think it's it's super awesome. And like Rise is one of my favorite games from this year. I just honestly, I know I'll get lost in that game if I play it too much. I just need to like dabble in it really. So they also confirmed the Steam release, Steam PC release is coming in January. Um, so for anyone waiting for that, um, waiting for something that's a bit got a bit more grunt to it way more grunt than the switch um that's that's not far away they also talked a little bit also more about sunbreak so as expected it's going to have a new hub area um and it's going to have master rank hunts and things like that so yeah a little bit good amount of information i've still got to actually play it yeah <laughs> let, let me know because i'm really it. keen to play co-op with you. and and just to be the nintendo shill i mean the game it might be the best looking game on the Switch and it runs incredibly well given that it's basically oh, yeah. running on an Android phone from three years ago. <laughs> like it's crazy what they can do with it. So, oh, yeah. But yeah, the PC um, way is the way to go if you don't have a Switch for sure. Probably the biggest news to me or the biggest kind of more interesting stuff out of Tokyo Game Show is actually Square Enix. So Square Enix, the big flagship title of the show was Stranger Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin, which as we know, going back to ETH, uh e3 was e3 wasn't it yeah um was kind of a bit of a like people's reaction to stranger paradise was very mixed um especially you know like the whole chaos chaos and everything like that but i think they've redeemed a lot of it now like they've kind of turned up the this like stupidness up like there's a clip out there from the demo of the main character jack being like bullshit than turning around and playing new metal on his phone and walking away and <laughs> stuff like that um but honestly so they they gave a release date uh so it's coming 18th of march next year for ps4 ps5 xbox one series x and pc but it's epic game store exclusive but they also released a new demo and so i finally got to try it this time because uh, it was only on oh, ps5 yeah. demo the first time <laughs> yeah that's true and they they incorporated some of the feedback that came from the first one I really like this game. I've Ooh. never played Neo. I've always wanted to, but unfortunately, I never brought it to Xbox. Um, and I really like this, but the demo definitely struggled, like the performance-wise. It's a game that didn't look like it should struggle on a platform like a Series X, but it definitely has some issues. You hope, you know, it's they've got till March to kind of fine-tune that. So you'd really hope, but also just like they showed a lot more about the game and it just it looks a lot more interesting now and also they kind of the information is out there about a bit more about the main character so i'm not going to spoil anything but it's kind of it gives me more hope and how they're tying this to the first game now whereas before i'm like how are they tying this to the original game but it's still ridiculous and cheesy and like it's a stupid game but it looks like it's gonna be fun to play so. it was actually I, I i don't remember exactly what i said when when i played it and we did cover it briefly <laughs> so i might i might it's be, all recorded I it was a while ago talking crap now but my recollection of it is that the gameplay actually wasn't that bad it didn't really capture me but again it could just be that i didn't play it at the right time if i had played the demo at a different time i might have really enjoyed it gotten into it and even pre-ordered the game but it, it played, yeah, it played nicely. It was, and Neo, by the way, was a really cool game. It mm. highly recommend the demo, it. Demo has a really good tutorial as well. So that's what I liked about it. I like learning what this game actually is, you know, with battle wise. Now, I, I just put a timestamp in for myself, yes. Indigot. Go so check. then I'm going to insert the video of what Mike's reaction is and I'll make it zoomed into his face where it goes, it was 
fucking shit the demo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The uh, but the game I I found the most interesting, which was a brand new announcement, is a game coming out next week called Dungeon Encounters. So this game is the one of the most minimalist games I've seen coming from like a major publisher. It's a dungeon crawl RPG from Final Fantasy Legend, uh, Hiroyuki Ito. And anyone, I'll just quickly explain um, who he is. So he was the director of Final Fantasy VI, director of Final Fantasy IX, and director of Final Fantasy XII. All games in the Final Fantasy series I absolutely love, right? He was, this is the crazy stuff, he was a creator of the active time battle system from Final Fantasy VI to Final Fantasy IX, the job system in Final Fantasy V, Esper wow. Relics in VI, the Guardian Forces junction system Final Fantasy VIII, Final Fantasy Tactics' battle system, the licensed board gambit system Final Fantasy XII. Like, this guy is the guy behind all the best stuff in the Final Fantasy universe, in my opinion. So it's a game being led by him, but it's if you watch the clips, it's super minimalist. It's like a game where you're going around these dungeons on a grid hmm. and you're just filling them in and there's like events and random ATB battles. And it's just like one of the weirdest things I've possibly seen coming out from like Square Enix and it's so unexpected. So this comes out, yeah, on the 14th of October. It's coming out for PS4, Switch and PC. It's $36, which feels a bit high for what feels like, looks like it's kind of more like a... A budget game but honestly i'm super interested in trying this out it looks really cool and look there's also a character giant cat named sir cat in it so, uh, you know how to sell a game to me yes exactly <laughs> so but people people a lot of people didn't like this like the reaction has been very mixed because i think people are just it's so different I've, uh, I, this, I don't know if we mentioned it but it's it's all card based right like that's the the one of the core no. am i thinking so, of a different game well no, so the card-based one is um, uh, the Yokotaro's game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm yeah. literally... So this, you're walking games. around on a grid and there's ATB battles. Now, I don't know the mm. ins and outs of the battle system, but they specifically specifically say on the Steam page it's ATB. So okay. it is like I'm Final Fantasy. Disregard what I'm saying. All right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, really, really cool. Um, and the only other thing I kind of wanted to point out was that there was confirmation that Tango Gameworks is working on an unannounced title being headed up by the director of the evil within two so that's another xbox game that they uh they kind of revealed xbox did have a keynote but honestly a lot of the information was very much just like ah oh, we're looking to focus more on japanese games and it's like none of it's really noseworthy stuff to discuss honestly so that's a tokyo game show nice nice very cool. tight one news item <laughs> segment which we've never had in the history exactly. of the show um but I, what one thing that hasn't uh, being taken away. One thing that survived the cull is the minute mic. It is got a new style that Mike doesn't even know about. Hopefully it works. I haven't tested it. Um, but the bargain bin. We should uh, say rip bargain oh. bin. Vale bargain bin. It's the segment we, from I the did, first episode, I believe. We did it. We did. I did, I did love the bargain bin, but when we're talking about things to make the show a bit tighter and concise mm. so that we're not dragging things on, the bargaining was probably the one thing that's like, is that as valuable as possible? Especially when people listen to the show a week later, or two weeks yeah. later, all that information's out there that are not going to be relevant, you know. So. Yeah, and there's so many other sources like <clears throat> Mike. You know, you and I both are always on Oz Bargain for Australians. 
Deku deals is really good for Switch. PC prices, uh, PS prices, sorry. It actually works for Xbox, works for everything. There's so many ways to get alerts. So yeah. if you're getting a podcast, you've got the internet, that's probably a better way to do it. So Vale, Vale will, will raise a glass yes. for the bargain bin. It's, it's gone. <laughs> Bye-bye. But the Minimike has survived. You guys don't even have color-approved, brand-approved <laughs> I'm waiting for the there. gear for you to send ah, the thank gear. thank you. That's, oh, better. that's even better than <laughs> That is actually much better so than So just mine. for the viewers, we for all viewers, showed our, yes. our bottles, <laughs> and, you know, Mike had a go at Swinney, but Swinney actually had something that was super on-brand, on our very a, masculine like, brand on, that we have. Super on-brand, yeah. <laughs> very masculine colors. Oh, all right, gosh. so are you limbered up? Are you ready to go? Yep. We, we should also say, and you ran this through a word count, didn't you, Swinney? Yes, I okay. ended up around 150 words. Yeah. So we've got a hard limit at 160 words. Oh we can't insert more than 160 words. If Mike fails, he has to do a, a public humiliation streak or something like what? that. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At PAX, when it comes back next year. What? <laughs> I don't remember signing up to that. So he has to try to get through it all. Um, I'll, I'll kind of get it ready to get loaded. It's black right now, but I'll, I'll turn it on and then we'll start, okay? So you okay. ready to go, Mike? Yep, let's do it. All right, let's see. Cool. The Grand... Whoa, whoa, whoa. When does it start? Okay, yeah. the Grand Theft Auto PS2 trilogy is getting a definitive edition remaster release. Sony added credit card pay and PayPal payments on the PS3 and Vita stores on the 27th of October 2021. They have also officially announced their acquisition of remake specialist Bluepoint Games. Xbox head Phil Spencer expects Xbox console shortages to extend into 2022. EA is considering renaming the Cash, Co- the Cash Cow FIFA series. Genshin Impact has generated $2 billion US dollars in, in its first year on mobile alone. Gearbox CEO Randy Pitchford has stepped down to lead their media arm Gearbox Studios. Capcom wants PC to eventually become their primary platform. Atari's new CEO is looking to pivot their business back to focusing on game development. The Epic Game Store has added an achievement system to their platform, and Dragon Quest the series composer Kyochi Shiagiyama has passed away at age 90. Very good, Mike. Very that good. Was, nice. I feel like I could have nice. done a lot more in there. I don't yeah, know I if you one, guys could uh, hear what I, what I played. Hopefully. By the way, I did see it because I, I sort of quickly tried to look there. That was an awesome idea. I love that. Yeah, we could see it, but the problem really with cool. it is every time Samus went through a door... He paused the counter. <laughs> that's why. I, that's why I started it at like fifty-seven seconds. Oh, okay. I, I, oh, fair I, I did fair some adjustment. Fair I did some. I actually uh, had to capture that myself because I googled or YouTubed like you know the time of death or something like that, and there's like nothing you can find on YouTube. Wow. And, like, and given the topic of the show, like dread's going to come up in a second. It, I thought you know that's pretty adequate and mm. that makes a lot of sense. So. Nice work. Nice, nice work, work Mike. next time, Mike. Thank yeah, you. we might need to bump time. it up to 180 words. You I reckon you can through. go higher. Yeah, I feel like I had a, I had some buffer in there. <laughs> didn't 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 need to rush as much. Fantastic, fantastic. All right, well, let's get into uh, the special features. So, kicking it off with my review of Metroid Dread. So, I should say that, like, you know, putting all the cards on the table, I'm a huge Metroid fan. Uh, Super Metroid is my favorite game of all time. Still has not been surpassed to this day. Some games have come close. Dark Souls, Rocket League. Very different games, obviously. But Metroid's massive for me. I've never really played much of... Well, that's a lie. I've played a lot of Metroid Prime. Um, but I've never, you know, I wasn't really into games at the time. Didn't, you know, have a GameCube. So I've never really, like, got onto that. I will go back and play those games. I'm really keen to, obviously. But 2D Metroid is very much my wheelhouse. And this being the sort of conclusion of the 2D Metroid story arc around the Metroids, 
you know, simply this game is amazing. I loved it. Like it actually exceeds all of my, you know, even if I had higher expectations for this game, it exceeded it. Wow. You know, wow. no spoilers in this uh, review. And it won't be like a super long one. I have beaten the game. Um, it's not like super long. It's standard sort of Metroid. I think it took me mm. about eight hours to get through it. And, you know, I sort of collect a bit of things. Just, you know, some sort of themes around the game. I think people will find this game hard. You know, like I died a lot in this game. Um, and, you know, again, no spoilers if you've seen any of the trailers and they've tried to spoil as much as they can. And I'll I'll spoil oh, this no. game less than Nintendo will. <laughs> um, everyone, thank you. everyone in the internet is trying to spoil this game. <laughs> I'm True, regretting yeah. not buying it. At I'm getting up the internet. <laughs> yeah, no, like it, it would actually really made me upset if some of the things that happened in this game got spoiled. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, there's so much cool fanfare in this game. As a big Metroid fan, like, obviously I've played all of the 2D Metroid games multiple times over. You, there's so many things, like, really deep cuts that you can see what they've done that I think most casual people are like, whatever, or even people who know the games. Um, and it just shows so much love from Mercury's theme into this game. It, it's just, like, I couldn't imagine the amount of pressure that you'd feel coming to a series that's so kind of, like, beloved and, like, honestly, it's a bit of a cult kind of hit rather than a critical hit. This is surely going to be the best-selling Metro game ever until Metro Prime 4 comes out, and I'm sure that that will uh, dethrone it. Um, but, yeah, for the guys to come through and the girls, like, man, they've done such a good job. It's so impressive. Like, I tried to keep my expectations low for it. Nintendo were hyping the hell out of this game. And, yeah, man, it just really lived up to everything. Like, And there's elements of this game. So just going back to the themes, like, the difficulty in the game, I loved. Like, I wanted it to be a harder game. Um, I don't think it's the hardest Metroid game, but I'll kind of describe that in the way that I'd probably still say Metroid is the hardest NES version. Do you think? Do you think it's the hardest after Super Metroid, like Super Metroid onwards? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 For sure. Like Zero Mission, I don't I like. I don't even think Zero Mission is as hard as maybe even Super Metroid because there's so many quality of life factors that they put into the games to make them easier. And like Super Metroid, as much as I love that game, obviously. Like, the controls are very, like... They're not modern, really. Like, they still feel good, but they're very specific to Super Metroid. I know that you played it recently, Mike. I don't know if you mm-hmm. felt that, where it was a bit like... Yeah. You'd probably almost say it's clunky. Maybe. Yes and no. I think this is this is a really weird experience. Because it runs at 60, or at least it feels like it runs at 60, it's a really smooth Metroid experience. So, it's hard to... Wait, are you talking about Super Metroid, or are you talking about? No, no, I'm Dread? talking. I'm talking about Dread. Yeah, oh, okay. No, no, no I was talking about Super Metroid. I was talking about Super Metroid. Oh, yeah, that was oh, yeah. When That's you clunky. It. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah I definitely yeah, yeah. by yeah. by modern standards, that absolutely felt like a clunky game. But interestingly yeah. enough, it's still because it's such a good game. It it you don't think about that anymore, and you just play it, and you get over it, and you put yourself in the child of your, uh, in the shoes of a child almost. Yeah. But this dread is super smooth. It it still feels like Metroid in many many ways, but there's so many improvements and it runs so well from what I've yeah. played so far. So like as I said I've played the whole thing. There's a few choppy bits, but it's it's a very solid game. Like it's not rock solid 60, but it's pretty much rock solid 60 for most of the game. There's a few segments i won't like again spoil it where there's like a lot of particle effects stuff like that happening on the screen and you know if you've got an eye for it you definitely can tell that it's it starts to get a bit choppy i had played this on the switch oled i should say that to people it's funny i don't almost think that they knew 
Or like, maybe they weren't aware of the Switch OLED. Because one thing about OLED screens is when you feed the screen just zeros, right? Like, and what I mean by that is like, there's no color. It turns the display off. But then even the faintest non-zero color looks very like harsh. Do, do, Do you sort of follow what I mean? Yeah, I get what you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just feel that like, they mustn't have known about the Switch OLED because there's a few scenes when you're playing it where it's like, it looks a bit like weird because of the patterns that kind of occur because it's going zeros to like a little bit of black, like it's still almost imperceptibly black on a normal display, but with OLED, it pops in a bad way, really. Um, but yeah, like I love the difficulty just going back to it. It's like, I wanted a game like this. This is like, honestly, outside of not being 2D, which like, to be honest, I just couldn't really ever see them going back to a 2D art style. I'd love if they did that. That is like just not what people want really. It makes it really hard when you want to do cinematics and all that kind of stuff. But outside of that, like if I took that factor out, it's almost like the game that I would like them to make because it's trying to give you different things. So kind of going on another topic, you know, with the Emmy, you know, the robots that you see and they try to hunt (laughs) you down, it really genuinely adds a different dimension and element to the game. Again, won't spoil any of it um, outside of what you've already seen with the trailers. But, you know, the, the title is awesome. And I'm so glad they went with it because cool. it does give you that feeling of dread when you're having to go through those segments. So just the way it works, they've clarified this in the trailers before, but it's not like the whole game is full of areas where you're running into the Emmy robots. Like there are bits where you will know you're going to kind of confront them and you can kind of avoid them or, you know, do whatever you need to do and what the game's trying to get you to do. It does, like, I don't know. I think because I'm a very, like, you know, I just want to fight and get into it and melee and, like, I don't like stealth generally in games unless it's so perfectly executed. It felt a bit clunky for me at times. It felt, like, a little bit unbalanced almost. Like, sometimes you genuinely would get caught and there's nothing you could do. Like, there was, like, genuinely nothing you could do. And it felt a bit unfair. But the quality of life for the game is so high that, you know, the game is super snappy, loads back in, you die, you're just straight in. Like, the saves are almost irrelevant in this game. And that that's where, like, going back to the comparison about difficulty, Metroid NES is the hardest because you don't have any quality of life. Mm. And it's just very frustrating, that game, at times, right? If you're playing it, like, the way I played it, you know, when I was a kid, versus this in itself is much harder, but... You die, you sort of just respawn again, like straight at the last little segment. There's only one time in the whole game where I respawned like multiple screens earlier. And I was like, oh, okay. Like that actually shocked me. I was like, shit, I have to get through this whole bit again. And you know, you can get through it pretty quickly. Um, the story is great. Obviously it won't spoil any of that. I, so like, can I, sorry, there was a question I was waiting to ask. Yeah, yeah, sorry, man. Yeah. How, and it relates to that. That's why I cut in. The presentation of the story we know has kind of... All, some of the worst aspects of certain Metroid games is how they handle the story or how they handle having too much story and stuff. Samus Returns was pretty good. Mercury yeah. Steam Blast tried it. Is it along those lines or do they try to force more stuff in, more narrative? Like, how's the balance with that? Look, for me, perfect. Because... I, you know, like, and I've been criticized in the comments and everything like that. Come at me. That's fine. I find it funny. I'm just like not a story person for games. Like if I want to see a really good story, I'll go like top tier TV shows, movies, books. 
like with games, I've never ever gone, oh, I want to get into this story in a game, right? It's just never clicked with me. So I'm like, I don't skip over stuff really, but I sometimes tune out. Like when I'm following the story of the game, I'm like, whatever, I just want to kill, kill things, right? But this game, it like, because it blends it in really well with the cinematics and then like, it does a really cool thing where, you know, cinematic and then it goes straight into the character because it's rendering it like in the game engine. It just makes it seamless you can skip it if you really want to. Like, so you really can get it out of your way. And it doesn't do too much. I felt it was a little bit clunky at the start. It was a bit like, it got me nervous, I must admit. It was the only time playing the game where I got nervous. The first, like, almost five minutes of the game. I'm like, really? Is this how they're presenting? I, I was kind of thinking, are they presenting like this because it's an homage to things like Super Metroid, where it's like scrolling text at the start of the game, like, kind of giving you the update. And I'm like... Are they like that deep into the lore and to the style of it? And like having played the whole game, they probably are paying a bit of an homage to the series and how they opened it. It felt like it, yeah. Without, yeah, without having played it yet, like that sounds exactly what they were trying to do. Yeah, it just made me nervous though, because I was like, oh God, like, because you don't know how much Nintendo influenced Mercury Steam, vice versa. You just never know that kind of stuff. What, you probably never know. What you, what you don't want is. Metroid Fusion, yeah. where and I love Fusion, but where they stop you and they feed you this stuff, and then they like say go here, and there's like, it's almost like at that point it's a linear title. You don't want obviously Other M, which is the most extreme <laughs> version of of that situation, and even something like Metroid Prime Three, um, where it's just a lot more cutscenes, where the whole thing we talked about before Metroid is like feeling isolated feeling like the environment is a character as much as mm. any NPCs you might have in any other game. So yeah. it's good to hear that it's more like Samus Returns in that regard, that I think it found a good balance. Yeah, and I'll say the whole way it worked with, because Mercury Steam um, made a remake of Metroid 2, which was a Game Boy game, released on the 3DS, uh, Samus Returns, as Swinney just mentioned. It really does feel like, you know, everything they learned with Samus Returns, they've just amplified it in every single way like mm. combat the feel of the game feel is way better than samus returns like way better it feels really good like controversial but i almost feel like this might be the just the best feeling 2d metro game which like i am so happy with and it's like 60 frames per second like mike said um just like on the whole linearity of the game because, you know, that's kind of almost like the core element of a mm. Metroid game where you go, oh, you know, where do I go? Like even, you know, Swinney, you're like, and Mike as well, I know that you both got like stuck in certain parts in Super Metroid, but I kind of love that about those games. I, like I'll, I'll take this, you know, and I think the audience and people listening should take this with a grain of salt because I've played a lot of these types of games and also a lot of Metroid. So it's kind of like, I'm already kind of anticipating what's next and what you should do and all these kind of things in, in the back of my mind. I felt it was kind of almost like, not on rails, but I just, I don't think I even got stuck one single time in the game. Like it was just like, bang, next area, next area, next area. But, you know, I only checked reviews last night. I hadn't seen anything about this game, anyone's thoughts on it. And I was really surprised to see people keep saying, oh, I got lost. I didn't know where to go. Da, da, da. So, I, you know, I think it's so hard to tune that in these kind of games because you don't want to do something that Fusion did, which was like, literally put waypoints on the map it's like go here go here like that's just horrible to do that kind of stuff and it's a big criticism i have of zero mission like that game also really like hold your hand a bit too much in my opinion um but still better than the original metroid um you know overall thoughts i really really love this game 
I hope this is not the end of Metroid. Like, I hope this isn't the, you know, Metroid 2 days finished. I don't know. Um, you know, like, I know that they've sort of said this concludes the Metroid element, which is funny for a series. That, that's what the name of it is. And that kind of story arc, which it definitely does once you play it. Um, but yeah, no, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Probably give it like a 9 out of 10 on the old school scale. Cool. Um, <coughs> I will do a tier list of the 2D Metro games and treat the remakes as separate because I do think that they're separate in terms of how they play. And I think this will fare well, actually. Is there any, awesome. any questions or anything you wanted to add, Mike? Because I know you've started playing it. No, I mean, I have a lot of questions about the game, but I don't want to know the answers to at the same time. Uh, but one thing that I do want to know is, did you ever get used to countering the Emmys? Because I tried about 15 times. This isn't a spoiler or anything, because it happens within a pretty short period of time of playing the game. But you can counter them, but you have a really, really small window to do it. And I couldn't figure out exactly when that was. Did you figure that, that one out after all those hours? It's, it's, they, they randomize it. Oh, that's why I couldn't do it. Yeah. I'm like, what? I swear I pressed it at I the know, time I that I thought I, I should know. press it. Uh, yeah. I don't want to... It's clever, though. I like that. I think that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Countering is really important in this game. Sounds weird for a Metro game. Countering mm. is really important. They've... Like, like I said, everything they did in the first... Like, in the remake with Samus Returns and Mercury Steam, they've amplified it. So, the camp- countering is, like, a massive element of this game. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, with the Emmys, they don't want you to be able to get out of that. They want it to be a... Yeah. Like, yeah. it's a 50, or not a 50 50. I'd say it's probably like a right. one in 10 chance that you'll be able to do it. I think I counted yeah. it twice in a row one time. So, whoa, okay. But like, it is, I've realized after a while it was random. And it's probably like, honestly, it's probably like six frame window or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's some ridiculously small. Like, I sweetie, did it twice. It's so tight. <laughs> it's in, so in tight. 15, 20 goes. Yeah. I don't remember. It's super yeah. tight. Yeah. yeah. So, obviously, I thought of, I thought the same thing. I'm like, this isn't designed. It's a last resort, but you can't really use it because it's pointless. And yeah. the game actually tells you that. It tells you that it's highly unlikely you succeed. So, you were you were playing this on the Switch OLED, were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, was, mm, was. Tell us uh, more about it. That's a funny little... Uh, oh, yeah, maybe a segue. <laughs> So, yes, I bought a Switch OLED because I am an insane person who doesn't like having money in my bank account. <laughs> having, having said all this, and I, I don't know if I should say this or not, but uh, because I've got a day one Switch, they're the ones with a physical flaw in them, which they can be hacked. So, and you can install whatever you want. I, I have, you know, you can see it's behind me. I've got like a billion games. I've never hacked my Switch. Um, but what it means is that day one switches still sell for an incredible price. Like it's pretty much like they sell for 400, 450 bucks. So it's going to cost me very little to upgrade. Um, I'm just bringing it out of the case right now. Uh, Like, so I used the switch pad, switch pad pro, and it actually just feels like perfect the way it's like shaped. It like, because of the screen and it's kind of pushing to the bezels and everything and the big chunky switch pad pro, it just feels like like a, a Nintendo version of the Steam Deck or something like that. Mm. But having said all of this, like, so just with, like, it just, you know, some random impressions of the Switch OLED. I know that you can see this from, like, a billion other places, but the screen's awesome. I'm so used to OLED screens because my iPhone's an OLED screen. So it didn't completely blow me away, but it's definitely a step up from the original. One thing that I was disappointed about was that... You know, they've reconfigured the way that the actual um, 
the speakers work on the Switch OLED. And I really care about that. Like I like to have, you know, good speakers on just like a portable, right? Like I don't want to have to rely on headphones. The speakers are better. They're front facing and, you know, like they fire at you from a front facing, which is much better. But it's not like a significant step step up. Like it actually kind of shocked me. I thought, you know, like you'll see it with iPhones every couple of years, the, the speaker mode is so much better. It's like, wow, this actually sounds decent, right? With this, it's like, ah, yeah, it's it's better. I can definitely tell mm. it's better, but it's not like a big step. It's really disappointing, honestly, from my perspective, very like niche kind of concern that I have. You know, I'm coming from a day one switch. So my battery was like two, two and a half hours. And I was playing like Metro Dread on this, on my couch, and I kind of didn't realize I was playing it for like three hours straight or something. And it was like, I don't know, only half the battery was done or maybe, you know, 40% left or something like that. But no, it's like super awesome. It feels much more premium, like the, the actual materials. Hmm. And it is bigger, but ever so slightly bigger. And everything that I've tried to put it in that I had the original Switch cases and everything have all fit. Ah, uh, awesome. I so, was worried about that too. I think unless you have something that's like, you know, those things that are like molded, that are like really like joined together or something like that, then I think that's a bit different. But outside of that, it should be fine. With that, because I was listening to someone someone else talk about that and like a lot of that stuff, you can still squeeze it in. But what ends up happening is the like the holes at the top don't line up anymore because Uh, it's like stretched and everything. So that's where it ends up just being like, well, you just need to probably repurchase a new one. Oh, that's a good point. Whenever, if they haven't got it already, I'm sure they probably already have it. For the My cases have the, the... The top of it has the sort of the outline of the buttons and the Joy-Cons and stuff like that oh, yeah. as, as bevels to protect them and they fit into there. So I guess it wouldn't work in, in a case like that, unfortunately. But you might find that there's a little bit of tolerance there. Like it might not be yeah. as tight yeah. as you think. Like okay. mine, I thought was tight, and then I tried it, and it like it doesn't feel like it, it's got some looseness in it still. I was like, oh okay, like thought it would be like actually a lot tighter, but it, it was fine. I've got um, a Pokemon case I got from JB Hi-Fi for one buck, so I can always try that because that has nothing. <laughs> it's just a plain case with Pikachu like, on it. I like it. I the idea of you like process the thought process of you purchasing that item it's only a dollar do i need it do i love pokemon no no i don't need it but it's only a dollar it's gonna take more space i'm now a minimalist but it's only well in the uh, unlikely event my actual switch case will get destroyed which is about a million times less likely than the switch itself getting destroyed but whatever yeah i thought hey i'll get it hey just a really quick thing about about the sound i find because i play mine in handheld mode most of the time and if I play a game, I tend to play it on on one of my speaker setups, either the 5.1 on, on the main TV or mm. uh, whatever Logitech speakers I have with a sub on my on my PC. So the sound tends to be quite good. Um, but I, I often make what I think is a mistake, and that is I play handheld without headphones. And the moment I remember to put my headphones in, it's a whole different experience to me. I, I think I forget how crucial sound is as as an element in a lot of games you take it for granted i actually sound whatever I, it's about the visual image it, it isn't it's so much more than the visual image the sound makes such a huge difference to the atmosphere and the feel of the game and stuff like that and i i did actually try it very quickly with metro dread specifically and headphones on amazing experience you hear all these cool sounds mm. without them and i just have a regular switch i don't have the oled switch 
it you just lose so many different details in the sound it's it's a whole different experience so from now on i've i've kind of made myself this thing where i have to remember to use the bloody headphones and in case we haven't mentioned this and we we actually haven't because it happened during our break the latest iteration of the firmware mm. which now officially supports bluetooth headsets so I've tried a few of them, worked perfectly well out of the box, super happy with it. So it's 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 been an awesome experience using that stuff. So Mike, are you going to get one? I am heavily contemplating it. The 299 deal that EB had was not worth it no. for effectively an upgraded screen because I do have the, the Mario-themed Switch, so battery life and all of that has been fine for me. But... If if I can maybe sell that switch for four hundred something, four hundred fifty bucks, and I can find the the OLED on special, I probably would. I think the OLED screen is is an awesome change to the system. the The only thing that I wonder though, and I obviously wouldn't have experienced this yet, is uh, whether there's any issues with with burn in, uh, screen retention, that kind of stuff, which obviously OLEDs suffer and. I know I know phones tend to have that, but phones get switched mm. off and 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 elements change a lot more than I think than a game that can have a HUD that is retained there for potentially fifty hours in a game over the course well, of that may, game. Maybe so what playing like Tetris ninety nine for three hours. Maybe something like that. I'm know. curious. Yeah, I, I'm assuming they've tested that. I'm assuming they've they've put systems in place to try to avoid that. Um, but I know obviously on TVs it is an issue. Uh, monitors and any of that stuff it is an issue even to this day but it's not too bad compared to the first generation of oled i know they've got yeah, technology to prevent it but to your but question uh swinny you know the oled switch is it worth an upgrade i i think you know the, probably the simple answer is no right i think it's nuanced though for those who care like mm. definitely if you're on a first year switch and you know you've played it a lot and it's a bit bashed up and everything like that it's a massive upgrade because you didn't get the upgraded processor battery all these kind of things that came out with the model iteration that they did that was kind of an unannounced one they changed the box so it's really obvious to tell which one's which um i think might be worth it then but from the price it's just really hard to justify it and you know i know that you've forbade uh, anyone to say switch pro but <laughs> it is like ultimately very disappointing that there isn't even a, a bit of a bump like from a cpu perspective because there's so many games that i'm sort of put off playing because i know how bad they're gonna feel and like they do feel like you know hyrule warriors which i really enjoy that game and i would happily play it if it was just even rock solid 30 frames per second but it like dips to like the teens it's it's just kind of really ridiculous. Um, so that's a huge shame, obviously. I think if you can upgrade and it's going to cost you like, <clears throat> you know, like a hundred bucks or something like that, 150-ish, it, it's pretty decent deal. Mm. Um, it's just that if you've got a later revision of the Switch, they, they're probably like only going to sell for, you know, 250 now. Like maybe 300 if you're lucky. Because Dang. we're going to start seeing a dip in prices. It's already happened in the UK. It hasn't hit Australia yet, but it's likely by Christmas you'll start to see switches start to sell for like three two nine, three hundred, even potentially brand new. So you know, wow. I think that would really kill the used market for switches. So you're telling me upgrade now, pretty much, if I was going to do it. I, like I said, I don't think it's worth it. Like I don't okay. think it's worth it. And also, you have to be a handhold player. Like I always well, play that's the thing I am. Same. I, I'm I only play docked now. when I play Swinny and Smash. Outside of that, I pretty much never play 
docked. So if yes, you play no. docked, definitely don't get it because you're not going to see any, yeah, what's any the difference. Point? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really not worth But I'm 99% handheld as well. So, so to me, that would be a bit of a jump. Any other questions, Winnie? No, I just uh, want to reiterate my disappointment in Nintendo just in general for how they've handled everything to do with the Joy-Cons. Um, I don't know how difficult or not it is a task to resolve that issue, but the fact that they didn't even do anything at all for this revision. Oh, no, they did. It, did you hear the news about that? That uh, I think it's like literally the last 24 hours, maybe. They, I they published a statement the, to, that they actually yeah. changed the internals. Well, the statement, they talked about, like, fixing a few things, but, mm. I mean, the fact that, like, that they've not provided much technical information whether or not they've done that much, have they? No, and, you know, my opinion on that, so just, like, to let everyone know, they did issue a statement about Joy-Cons, finally, and Joy-Con Drift. They yeah, have a I whole bunch of... story yeah. that we didn't cover, yeah. They, had, they have a whole bunch of lawsuits in the States, so they've got to be so careful with what they say, right? And probably from a PR legal perspective, it's almost better to say nothing outside of we've made improvements, you know, like to the Joy-Con in general, and then Mm -hmm. let other people figure out, like, have they actually solved the drift part for the most part? So, Mm -hmm. but I agree with you, like your fundamental point, like I get really annoyed when people say, oh, there's no such thing as drift. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's like, Uh, I have like literally 10 Joy-Cons in my house that have got drift. That I've had to like either try to try to fix or you know clean, and it's really annoying. Did you just buy broken Joy Cons from eBay? How do you have that? <laughs> no, because I've got so many switches in the house. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I think there's like I, five I, switches in the house. By the way, sweetie, there is a very simple fix that people have used, which is just to put a piece of paper, open it up, put a piece of paper behind I know, it. I'm the one. That sh- I, I'm the one that shared that. With I know. You guys. <laughs> yeah, but it's also but like look, that is not a simple fix because no, like, opening it up and then also the paper <laughs> yeah. would degrade over time. The, course, the problem yeah. for me is I literally cannot use my joy my switch in handheld mode, in, mode anymore mm. because I, unless I'm playing a game that only uses D-pad. So it's, it's affected like, everyone I know. Yeah. So anyway, I look. I hope that it's obviously just come out. I hope that we can see in let's say two months' time if mm. there's because I think it probably would start to see cases at the point if they hadn't mm. if they haven't done enough to change it. So. I I so I'm just showing uh, on the screen. The white Joy-Cons, mm, I definitely. have not used them beyond the initial setup, and then I'll just put them to the side. Because I know that they'll get broken, and they look really cool, and I like them, and I just don't want to wreck them, you know? Like, it was just really stupid and disappointing. Yeah, know? well, it's like buying a car and not driving it because you don't want the engine to... <laughs> well, not really. It's more, like, it's more like if they gave you a fancy key or something. It's like, oh, I don't want to wreck yeah, the key I if don't... I keep using it, so I'll use a shitty version of the key. Right. But to be fair, using the the Hori sticks is they're so good, amazing for yeah. for the setup. Yeah, it's so good. I you know that's one thing to flag is also just with Metroid Dread. I know we've already moved past that segment, but I think that game might be tricky playing it on the Joy Cons. I didn't play one second playing on the Joy Cons, so that's something for people to think about because there's a lot of you know as you advance in the game, you have to hold multiple buttons, do lots of tricky things with it. It's quite almost technical that game at the end, like, especially if you want to collect everything. So, yeah, like the Hori uh, Split Pad Pro, which I can never say, is uh, very awesome. Anyway, that's the, mm-hmm. for the Switch OLED. Kind of overall, probably don't recommend it for people unless it's very niche cases. Don't think you really need it. Um, and that wraps us up for this episode. I think it was a very sharp episode, Swinny. Are you happy with it? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, maybe next week I might mention, talk about this. Oh, <gasps> so you, you have to week, say what it is. Maybe for the audio listeners. Oh yeah, that's yeah. I'm doing a mic. That was a Xbox Elite controller two, and I might also talk about this. <gasps> oh yeah, yeah, that shit. Which I is can't a believe five controller. <laughs> We, so next, that's for next week. That's for next. Week. Cool. One cool. of us. One of so us. So Swinny is a massive Xbox fan. He's he's a general gamer though. He, like he has all the systems. Uh, he has more PlayStation systems than Mike and I. But we're, he's finally on the PlayStation band, and I'm I'm actually so, so think- happy myself because I was monitoring the PlayStation Five scene of like when the sales were coming up more than I think Swinny, and kept on messaging you. So I'm so glad you've got it. I don't have to. No, I definitely, <laughs> definitely give huge thanks to Intergot for uh, ended up getting mine through the EB Games pre-orders. Mm. Took about two months, but ah. I got it. Cool. So awesome. I'll talk about it next week. Fantastic. Cool. Well, that's a good wrap up for the show. To it. All right. Bye bye. Ciao. See ya.